You are listening to the Grace Covenant Church Audio Podcast. Well, if you would take your Bibles and look with me this morning, First uh, Timothy, that's where we're at, First Timothy chapter 6. You can grab the sermon notes there if you'd like and follow along. This morning we're actually beginning a new series that we titled Legacy. Legacy. Over the next few weeks we want to talk about living your life in such a way that your life lives beyond your time on earth. So that the influence, the impact of your life actually extends far beyond your life. And that it's impacting, uh, shaping, influencing the lives of everyone. Now, this is not just a a series of messages for folks who are older. Because oftentimes, I think when we, when we think about legacy, we're thinking about, you know, it's folks in their 50s or, or 60s or like, you know, they're getting ready to kick the bucket. So we start thinking about legacy, right? Uh, uh, no, it's true. I mean, we don't, we, usually we don't think legacy until we think, well, you know, until I'm older in my years, retirement, you know, I got to think about, you know, what are we leaving behind? And I would say if you wait until you're 70 to think about what you're going to leave behind, you've waited too long. Now, I would say this morning that it's never too early to think about how are you going to live your life, how are you going to invest your life, and to think about what kind of legacy are you going to leave that's going to impact impact your children, your grandchildren, the community, generations to follow. So, so this is not a series just for those who are older. Really, I believe it's a series for every generation, for every age group, as we think about how are we investing our lives and what legacy will we leave. As I was preparing this sermon, I, I came across a humorous story of, a, of an elderly gentleman who had a serious hearing problem for a number of years. I mean, he was almost deaf. He went to the doctor, and uh, the doctor was actually able to have him fitted for a pair of, of hearing aids that were so well designed, you couldn't even actually tell he was wearing hearing aids. So the gentleman went back to the doctor for the checkup after receiving the hearing aids, and the doctor said, wow, this is amazing. Your hearing's perfect. He says, your family must be really pleased that you can hear again. And, and the gentleman replied, oh, I haven't told my family yet. I just sit around listening to their conversations, and I've changed my will about three times already. <laughs> Well, hopefully this series is not going to make you change your will, but my hope is, is that it will make you begin to think about how are you investing your life? What does legacy look like for you? What does it look like? How are you investing in future generations? Because this is what we must know this morning. The opportunity, we have the opportunity before us to set up, to set up future generations for success or to set them up for failure. That's pretty weighty. We, all the folks in the room today, we we have the opportunity to leave those coming after us a rich spiritual heritage, or we can leave them spiritually bankrupt. We can position them for a great future, and we can miss out on the opportunity to leave a strong legacy. The choice is really ours. How will we invest? How will we live? And what? What will we leave? We see this illustrated by contrasting the lives of two men. I'm going to take you back into history this morning, into the 1700s. There were two men. One's, one man's name's Jonathan Edwards. The other man's name is Max Jukes. Jonathan Edwards, Max Jukes. They both lived in the same time era. Yet there were really two different men who invested their lives in two really different ways. Jonathan Edwards was married to Sarah. Jonathan Edwards was a pastor of a congregational church, and he was like a key 
leader in the first uh, spiritual awakening that happened in America. So he was a a godly man who uh, blessed his community. The community was blessed from his life. And then we have Max Jukes. Max Jukes was actually a very wealthy businessman who was an antagonist to, to, to Jonathan Edwards. Uh, he was a proclaimed atheist. So Jonathan Edwards is a is an adamant follower of Jesus Christ, preaching the gospel message. We have Max Jukes lived in the same time, who's an atheist who didn't believe in God. And so someone did a study on these two men who lived in the same time, and, and asking really this question: What's their descendants like? What's their offspring like? What what happened like after they died? What was the influence of their lives? And the study was really amazing. Listen as I, as I read about uh, the legacy that Jonathan Edwards left as identified through his descendants. Within his family line, there was one U.S. vice president, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 30 judges, 65 professors, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, and 100 missionaries, all in his family line. Pretty amazing, wouldn't you say? All because one man chose to live well and finish well. What did he do? He invested forward. Dynamic, strong legacy. But his counterpart, Max Jukes, he's, he's the proclaimed atheist. Max Jukes' descendants included seven murderers, 60 thieves, 50 women of debauchery, 130 convicts, 310 paupers, and 400 who were rent by indulgent living. It's estimated that Max Jukes' descendants cost the state more than $1,250,000. So here's one man's life who added great value. Here's one man's life who cost our nation. One man's life who set his family up for success. One man's life who set his family up for disaster. It's all about how you live and how you invest. Because how you live and how you invest will shape, it'll define the legacy, the legacy that you leave. A couple years ago, I had the privilege of speaking at the funeral of one of my mentors who was a good and godly man. I, I actually called him Pops. Most of you knew him as Randy Yarber. And the evening that I was speaking at his celebration of life service actually right here in the sanctuary that evening this whole bottom area was full Um, and and in the midst of speaking of randy's life i asked those present i said if you were influenced mentored by or you saw randy yarber out for wisdom and counsel would you stand to your feet and over half the people seated in the sanctuary over 250 people stood to their feet i said wow Talk about the influence of a man's life who invested well, who lived well, therefore he finished well. And though Randy, Randy wouldn't be with us today, he's, he's with Jesus actually. His life lives on in this congregation. His life lives on through me. I find myself often quoting some of the very things that Randy said to me, applying the very wisdom that he's spoken to my life. What is it? It's a legacy that lives on. Again, why? Because he, he lived well and, and he finished well. So here's the question for you this morning. What will your legacy be? What will your legacy be? What will it look like? The legacy 
a lot of different definitions as it relates to legacy. So to get us kind of all on the same page this morning, let me give you a definition of legacy that we can work from. It's there in your sermon notes this morning. Legacy is defined as anything handed down from the past as from an ancestor or predecessor. It's about learning from the past, living in the present, and building for the future. Legacy is all about living well and investing well. Now, Dr. Billy Graham said the greatest legacy one can pass on is to one's children and grandchildren and generations to come after is not money or, or other material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. And that's, that's said so well. There's no, certainly nothing wrong with leaving your family stuff. Matter of fact, the scripture talks about leaving an inheritance for your children and grandchildren. There's nothing wrong with that. But what you don't want to do is leave your children and grandchildren stuff and not pass on to them character and faith. You don't want to give them things that they can hold in their hands as temporary that might just wreck their lives and not give them the things that money can't buy. But the greatest legacy you can pass on is what? It's, it's a legacy of, of character and, and faith. You know, as you think about life, there's so many things that's out of our control. Would you agree with that? So, I mean, so many things out of our control. Like the, the, the weather's out of our control, right? We know it's going to do something tonight and tomorrow. And after you leave here, you're going to all go get bread and milk. And <laughs> by the time I get there, there won't be any. Um, but, but we can't control the weather. We don't know what it's going to be. We can't control the government, right? We can't control the stock market. We wish we could, but we can't. I mean, and the list goes on and on. There's so many things in life that you cannot control, but this is what you can control, how you live your life and how you invest your life. And again, at the end of the day, your legacy will be how you lived and how you invested. It's that that will shape what you leave, I'm not talking about material things, but what you leave to others as you leave this earth. What you don't want to do is just live life to consume. Matter Pastor Rick Warren in his book, Purpose Driven Life, says that you were placed here on this earth to make a contribution. Not just to consume resources and to take up space. No, you were, you were placed here to make a difference with your life. And when you survey all that really matters, you'll discover that it's not the duration of your life, but it's the donation of your life that really matters. So here's a question for you. What will the donation of your life be? When you come to the end, you know, it's been said, you know, live your life in such of a way that when you die, the preacher doesn't have to lie. If I'm the preacher, don't make me lie for you, okay? What will be the donation of your life? Again, it, it comes back to how you live and how you, you invest. And, and here's the challenge. The challenge is when we think about legacy, you don't get any mulligans. There's no mulligans when it comes to legacy. You know what a mulligan is, Right? A mulligan like relates to the game of golf. Like if you if you play golf like I play golf, like I chase a lot of squirrels in the woods. <laughs> but if you play golf like I play golf, if you were to hit the ball and it goes into the woods or hit the ball and it goes into the water, which uh, often happens with me, I just drop another ball and say mulligan. And like what well, you get a do over because when I play when I play golf, I believe in grace. <laughs> 
I worship at Grace. I name my daughter Grace. And when it comes to golf, I believe there should be lots of grace. So we have mulligans. If you ever play golf with me, it's like you get as many mulligans as you want. Just drop another ball. You know, hit it till you like it, right? (laughs) It's wonderful in the game of golf. But here's the challenge. As it relates to life, there's no mulligans when it comes to your legacy. You can't come to the end of your life and say, oh, I think I want to do over. You you have one shot at this. That's that's why it's so critical. Even at a young age that we're thinking about, what, what do I want my legacy to be? How am I going to invest my life to to leave a legacy that impacts generations? Listen, there's three mistakes that you don't want to make. First mistake is this. You don't want to live life for yourself. Don't live life for yourself. And see, here's the challenge. In this present generation in which we're living, our culture says, hey, it's all about you. You are the greatest, most handsome, most beautiful thing that ever walked the face of this earth. Life is all about you. Just go out and live for you. You want to wreck your life and leave a horrible legacy? Just go live for yourself. It's absolutely impossible to leave a positive legacy living for yourself. So that's the first mistake you don't want to make. Here's the second mistake you don't want to make. You don't want to live for what you can gather. Again, here's the challenge with these statements is they're, they're opposed to what our culture's telling us. Because our culture tells us today, you have to have more to be happy. Right? So we just keep gathering and we keep gathering and, and we keep gathering. Now, just the other day, my wife asked me a really, really tough question. She said, Pharaoh, how many guns do you really need? Because <laughs> I just bought one more. <laughs> and then she followed that up with this question, how many fishing poles do you really need? And it's what? It's always one more, right? I just need, honey, I just need one more. Because there's something inside of us that always wants what? A little bit more. And if we're not careful, we can spend our lives gathering stuff that's temporary and miss out on what really matters. Again, it's great to pass some things on to your family. But don't sacrifice trying to gather things and miss the great investment that you need to make in their lives. Here's a third thing that you want to guard yourself from, a third mistake that you don't want to make, is living for the here and now. Certainly enjoy your life. Enjoy all that God's blessed you with. But never forget that this life is preparation for the next. That this life is preparation for eternity. Matter of fact, this life, if you could think of it like this, this life is like the warm-up lap before the race really begins. This is the preschool before we get like to the real thing. So, 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 so don't just live for the here and now. Again, you want to you think to the, the big picture. So, so living your life to leave a legacy requires this. It requires that you live beyond yourself. And again, that's the whole point of what I want to communicate to you today. You cannot live a great legacy living for yourself. You can't live a self-centered, self-consumed life and think somehow that you're going to impact generations to follow. You're going to live for yourself, you're going to die, and then it's all going to be over. Don't do that. But you gotta, you gotta, you got to live to the big picture. you got to think to the big picture. And Paul helps us with that here, with these verses of Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
before we read our text, I got to help you with the text here. Let me give you just a little insight because there's a word in the three verses that we're going to read that's going to really trip you up if I don't tell you about this word. So I need to give some definition to the concept, the word here. And here's the word, rich. Paul is writing to individuals who are rich. Now, here's the problem, is none of us think we are rich. And my concern is, is you're going to read this passage of Scripture, and you're going to think, well, he's talking about somebody else, because obviously I'm not rich, right? Because rich is always what? It's somebody that's got more than what you have. None of us are rich, but we all know somebody who's rich, right? Right? So, so let me help you again. It's, it's, you've got to understand this is information we can use here that Paul's writing. So let's talk about this for a minute. If I were to offer you a job which, in which you would make $37,000 a year, would you consider yourself to be rich? Probably not. I mean, I mean, $37,000 a year would be a pay cut for most Americans. So we wouldn't think, well, that's, that's rich, $37,000 a year. But did you know that if you make $37,000 a year, that you are in the top 4% of wage earners in the world today? The top 4%. Listen, if you make more than $37,000 a year, you're in the 4% club. Go ahead and give somebody a high five. I mean, you didn't even know it before you got here this morning. You're in the 4% club. I mean, think about that. In other words, this is what I want you to see this morning is you're rich. You may not look at yourself and say, I'm rich. We we could just start here. You live in the United States of America. Most of you have a roof over your head that either you own or you and the bank own. You didn't walk to church. You drove to church. Listen, you're rich. So Paul here is writing to you this morning about the state of your life. So let's let's read this. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. It says, command those who are rich. So who's he talking to? The answer is us. So who's Paul talking to? Us. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Notice verse 18, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Or I think we could summarize verse 19 to say they can, they can leave a great legacy. Experience life. Lay that life up impacting generations, generations to come. But from this passage of Scripture this morning, I want to give you quickly three points of action. I don't have a lot of time left, but let me give you three points of action. How can you live forward? How can you, in your life today, live your life in such a way that you leave a lasting legacy? Because I believe this morning, if I were to ask this question out of all the folks here and even the folks joining us online, if I were to ask you, how many of you want to leave a positive, lasting legacy that impacts your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, I believe everybody in the room today would raise their hand. 
Because listen, nobody wants to just like screw up their family, right? Well, I just want to really mess my family up. Can you tell me how to do that, Pastor? No one would say that. I said, I love my children, you love your children and grandchildren. You love the individuals that, that have been brought around you. If you don't have children or grandchildren, the community that you're a part of, well, you, you want to live well, you want to finish well, and you want to leave a legacy that impacts generations. Because again, nobody just wants to be a failure. So three points of action out of this passage of Scripture. How can we leave that lasting legacy? I think first is this. First point of action is you want to love God passionately. Love God passionately. If you look back to verse 17, Paul directs those who are, who are rich, notice not to put their, their hope and their wealth, which is so uncertain, but notice he says, put your hope in God. Put your trust in God. Put your love in God. So you want to you, you want to finish well. You want to invest well. You want to leave a legacy that lasts. The most important thing you can do, and I put it first, is this: you want to love God passionately. I know you're thinking, well, Pharaoh, you say that all the time, and you're right. I say it all the time because Jesus said it all the time. I say it all the time because the Bible says it all the time. It is the most important thing you can do to impact your children and grandchildren and generations to follow is that you choose to all out radically serve God. It will be the greatest determining influence in your life, how you love God. And how you interact with God. How you invest in your relationship with God. It'll, it will impact how you, uh, how you view life, how you do life, and how you invest your life. That's why it's so critical. It shapes everything about your life. That's why Jesus, when, was, when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? This is what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, with all your soul. If you look to Mark's uh, gospel, it says, and with all your strength. Heart, mind, soul, strength. Let me tell you what that means. It means all out. You want to leave a lasting legacy to impact generations following after you? Man, love God radically. Can I, I'm convinced it is, it is the most significant thing you can do to shape the legacy that you will leave. Don't be some lukewarm, okay, I, maybe I'll love God, maybe I won't, maybe I'll have this Sunday religion thing. Listen, don't do that. You know why? Because our kids are really smart and they're going to look at you and say you're a fake. And listen, your kids are smarter than you think they are. Your grandkids are smarter then you think that what? No, what they need to see authentic. They need to see authentic faith lived out in parents and in grandparents. So love God passionately. I know it's it's this it's this characteristic in my parents' life and in my grandparents' life. Fillmore and Edna, that's my grandparents on my dad's side dynamic faith that was passed down to my dad that's passed down now to myself you know one of these days one of these days I'm going to inherit a farm in Arkansas my uh, mom and dad have never had a lot but they worked hard all their life very frugal invest work hard plan invest 
As a result of that, they, they today own three farms, and it's defined in the will as our family's incorporated. There's three of us children, and one of these days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get one of the farms. That's part of my inheritance, along with my older brother and younger sister. And this farm that I'm going to inherit in Arkansas is a little less than a thousand acres. It's going to be mine. And I'm, I'm great. Listen, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that my mom and dad worked hard, that they planned well, that they invested, and that they would be so generous that they would want to say to myself and my siblings, here, here's a farm for you. I, I'd be lying if I said, All right, that does, you know, I'm not grateful for that. I am grateful for that. But can I tell you what I'm more grateful for this morning? More valuable than any farm I would ever inherit. More valuable than any physical asset that my parents would pass on to me as an inheritance. What I'm most grateful for is I grew up watching my mom and dad passionately love God and freely serve others. And it's that that shaped my life. I saw the authentic thing. I saw authentic faith lived out. And it was that that impacted. So the legacy that my grandfather passed to my father that's now been passed to me is out of a passionate love for God. I'm telling you, it's that that will set you up to leave a great legacy. So, so the first point of action, if you want to leave a great legacy... That impacts generations is to love God passing. Here's the second point of action that you need to take. And it's, it's to serve others selflessly. Serve others selflessly. If you look back to 1 Timothy 6.18, the scripture says, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and willing to share. To be good, rich in good deeds, willing to share. See, that's all about serving. It's all about giving ourselves away. It's all about investing ourselves in the lives of others. As I've stated throughout this message, you cannot live life for yourself and leave a great legacy. It's absolutely not possible. How do you leave a great legacy? You live an other-centered life. Not a self-centered, not a self-focused, but an other-centered life. If I were to ask you this morning to think about individuals that have impacted your life, individuals that you would say, hey, here's someone in my life that I would say live well and left a great legacy. Whoever that is that's come to your mind right now, I can tell you this about them, and I don't even know them. I can tell you this about them. Is they, they were more concerned about others than they were themselves. That's how they influenced your life. But the, when we live a legacy, we need to serve others selflessly. You know, according to Jesus... The way to greatness is not, it's not in gathering stuff and it, it's not in gaining titles. The way to greatness and the way to a positive legacy is choosing to give yourself away in service to others. Matter of fact, Jesus said it like this in Matthew 20, 26, 27, and 28. He says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man, he gives himself as an example. He says, I'm the model. Just as the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You want to leave a great legacy? You want to impact generations following your life? How do you do that? You, you serve others selflessly. 
He followed the model of Christ. He came as a servant. He lived as a servant. He died as a servant. And through his life, what he left a great legacy. I love what John Ortberg says in one of his books. He says, the problem with spending your life climbing up the ladder is that you'll go right past Jesus because he's coming down. Is that not a great statement? Because we're all about climbing ladders, right? Jesus was saying, hey, here's the way to greatness. Here's the way to a great legacy. You, you, You serve others. In August of 1937, there was a young couple in their early 20s by the name of S.K. and Emily. S.K. and Emily. 1937, they came to a little town called Cornelius, North Carolina. Now, you've got to kind of get this in your mind. Before Lake Norman, before Interstate 77, when Cornelius was a little mill town out in the middle of nowhere. Matter of fact, if you lived in Charlotte and you said, hey, I'm going to go to Cornelius, it's like you're going to the boondocks, like out in the middle of nowhere. But this young couple in their 20s came here August 1937, did a two-week tent revival. That was their plan, a two-week tent revival. And they never left. They started uh, an independent Pentecostal church called Cornelius Tabernacle. And for 40 years, 40 years, they served this community. And they served this congregation. 40 years. At the end of their time of pastoring, as they moved toward retirement and then toward their last years on the earth, I talked several times with Dr. and Ms. Clanton, and they made it clear to me what they wanted done with their estate. Here's their picture of my heroes, Dr. and Ms. Clanton. They said, Farrell, at the, at the end of our life, when, we, when we're both deceased, we want you to take everything we own, sell it, auction it, get rid of it, And we want you to create a foundation. And from that foundation, we want to send kids to camp. We want to send young people to Bible college. And we want to plant churches. Today, we have the Clanton Memorial Fund that does those three three things. Spends off about $20,000 to $25,000 a year investing in the kingdom. This is what I want you to see. This couple gave their lives in service to God in this community, in this church, And when they came to the end of their lives, they said, we want to give it all back. Listen, their legacy lives on. Matter of fact, you're sitting in their legacy. Went to get coffee this morning. You had coffee in Clanton Hall. We named it Clanton Hall after our founding pastors. What their lives lived on. Why? Because they freely served others. They freely served this congregation. And today, men... We're grateful, what, for a couple who were faithful in their service. So it's impacting your life. It certainly impacted my life. So how, how do we leave a legacy that lasts? We, we, we passionately love God. We selflessly, we, we serve others. And here's the third thing, really quick. How do you leave a lasting legacy? You start small and be consistent. Start small and be consistent. The last part of verse 19 says, so that you may take hold of the life that is truly life. As in to take hold of the life that's truly life, you must be intentional, you must be consistent. Listen, legacy's not built in a day. Legacy's not built in a, in a week. It's not even built in a year. Legacy is about the long haul. 
That's why I, I would encourage you, wow, start early, especially if you're here today and you're, and you're in your 20s, maybe you're in your early 30s. I would say, wow, what a perfect time for you. Start small, be consistent, and build a lasting legacy. Because it is about intentionality. It's, it's about consistency. Listen, building a legacy is not a sprint. It's, it's really the marathon run. It's, it's, the, it's having the, the long-term approach. So it's never too early. It's never too early to think about your legacy and just start building your legacy. In fact, the, the earlier you start, the greater your legacy will be. It's kind of like the, uh, the investment charts. How many of you have ever sat with a financial investor and they bring out the chart about investing early? How many of you have seen one of those? If you haven't, you're getting ready to because I have one for you. <laughs> This is a chart like oftentimes you would see as you would sit with a financial investor. And basically we have three individuals who started investing in different times and seasons of their lives. We have first, um, we have an investor who started at age 25 and invested $300 a month, small but consistent over the long haul. When that individual reached the age of 65, um, they had invested, they had personally invested 144,000, but at 65 with compounding interest, that had grown to $460,000. What did they do? They started early just consistent. Then we have a second investor started at age 35 as well, invested $300 a month, but they started 10 years later. I mean, at 25, wow, there's so much life to enjoy. Why would you think about retirement, right? So they put it off 10 years, uh, a little procrastination, and they invested $300 a month until they were 65. And then at, um, at the as they reached 65, their retirement account had grown to 251,000. The difference is 460 to 250. Ten years. Look how much, look how much more was gained just in that ten years. Then we have someone who at 40. At 40, they decided, oh, oh my goodness, I better think about retirement, right? I mean, it's going to happen. Like, you know, life's like the roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the quicker it goes, right? You know that story. And so, man, we better do some investing. So they actually doubled it up. The individual at 40 was putting in $600 a month, but they had lost that first 15 years. They had lost the benefit of, of compounding interest. And so even though they had put in $600 instead of $300 a month, they only ended up with 359. They, they invested actually even more than the, than the individual at 25. But they ended up with less. What? They didn't have the benefit of time working on, on their behalf. So what's the point? Here's the point. Ben, if you start early and you're consistent over the long haul, the influence and the impact of your life will be so much greater. Listen, I would tell you this morning, don't wait until you get 65 and say, well, I better think about retirement. We'll be paying for your funeral. That's what we'll be doing. But you want to you begin early. And I just use that graph as a point of illustration to say the same thing's true about your life. When you're thinking about legacy, what do you want to do? You want to begin early. Start small and just be consistent over the long haul. And the influence of your life will be great.
It's kind of like what happened in the country of Nicaragua 18 years ago. 18 years ago as a congregation, we sent our first mission team to Nicaragua. Did some evangelism, and, and we built the first, the first church that we were a part of building 18 years ago. Every year we just keep going back, building on relationship. We keep going back to the same region, partnering with the same people. 18 years, so fast forward 18 years today, there's 15 churches in the region of northern Nicaragua that we've either funded or we funded and built. Today there's a, um, a Bible institute where men and women are being trained to be able to go out and preach the gospel. Listen, in 18 years, we have impacted a nation. I mean, think about that. From this little congregation and this little community, we've been able to impact, we've been able to change a nation. Well, we just started small and we were just consistent. Every year, okay, what else can we do? What else? 18 years of consistent. And if you were, listen, if you were to ask the leaders of the Four Square Church in the region of northern Nicaragua about Grace Covenant Church, this is what they would say. They would say, that church has changed our nation. That church has left a great legacy. What, what, again, 18 years. Start small. Be consistent. And over the long haul, the compounding of the investment is unbelievable. So how can you leave a lasting legacy? I, I really believe if you do these three things. I know it sounds so simple, but again... I think we make, we make things way too hard. Love God passionately. Serve others selflessly. Start small. Be consistent over the long haul. This is what I guarantee you this morning. If you do those three things consistently over your life, you're going to come to the end of your life and you're going to look back and say, wow, not only was it a great life, But others are going to look at your life and say, wow, what a legacy. Why? Because you lived well, you invested well, and you finished well. It was Winston Churchill who made this statement, and I'll leave you with this quote. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for the encouragement of your word for the correction of your word and for the instruction of your word. And I thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross that there might be a legacy of salvation for every one of us. And Lord Jesus, you modeled for us what it means to live as a servant. You modeled for us what it means to to invest in the lives of others. Lord, my prayer today for every individual here is that they would understand the significance of the investment of their lives. Or that they would understand that legacy doesn't just happen. It requires intentionality. It requires that we live our lives not focused on ourselves, but we live our lives focused on you and others. Holy Spirit, I I would just simply pray this morning that 
that you would bring this word alive in individuals' lives. God, at whatever point of adjustment they might need to make. Because Lord, I know life is, on, life is about ongoing adjustments. So my, my belief today is there's individuals who need to make some adjustments in their lives that they might leave a lasting legacy. They might live well and finish well. So, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would shine a spotlight this morning on those areas. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.